This is Shane Gibson's podcast from ClosingBigger.net. Today, we're going to focus on integrating social media into your sales and marketing process. This is based upon a keynote speech I gave a little while back, the Vancouver Sales Performance Meetup, but it's also a process that I've been working with with a number of my clients. It's been kind of interesting to look at the applications and everything from, for instance, not-for-profit organizations right to traditional sales organizations. Really, the target audience changes, uh, the tools change, but the overall strategy for role I found has worked out pretty good. So what I want to start off with first is framing about framing around what integrating social media is into your sales process. In other words, what do I mean by integration? What I mean is it's about making it part of what you do, not making it something separate, but also just like other business processes, looking at it strategically. I think too often when clients come to me, they say, oh, Shane, uh, I want to get involved in social media. And my question is, which I'm sure many people listening to this ask their clients the same thing, is why do you want to be involved in social media? And their answer is, well, my competitors are doing it. Or I watched Oprah and she said Twitter was cool. Or you know what? I've heard that YouTube has a billion views and we've got to be on there. I think those are all really not the right reasons to get involved in social media. What we have to look at is we've got to answer the question, first, what are my business goals? Then once I answer those questions, then I look at what platforms, tools, and strategies do I need to utilize to reach those business goals? Is social media, are the tools that I'm looking at going to help me get there? So I think before we get into the tools of engagement, I'd like to talk a little bit about the rules of engagement. So in our book, Sociable, Stephen Jagger and I really looked at three core groups online in the social media space and realized that of those three core groups, there's really one major one that generates the majority of revenues or is able to monetize social media effectively. So I'm going to go through these three groups quickly, and this is in our social media matrix. So here they are. The three groups are thought leaders, engaged participants, and disengaged participants. Pretty simple. There's three groups. So let's start off with the disengaged. The disengaged is the individual who basically has hired someone to operate their laptop. They're not highly active. Uh, if they do use the web, they barely know how to turn in their email. And then as far as their computer goes, they might be able to open up a PowerPoint presentation or a Word document, but they're not even really comfortable digging around in there. Now, that target market or that, that demographic is still rushing online. They're still becoming more literate as far as the web and technology goes, but there's a large group of people who are disengaged. If this even begins to describe you, I'm, also, I'm already surprised as to how the heck you got this podcast, but if this does describe you, this is not where we're going to be making money. In fact, we are well behind the curve. So the next group is the engaged. Now, there are three types of engaged participants. We define them as passively engaged, reactively engaged, and proactively engaged. So the passively engaged social media participant is an individual whom, if a friend sent them a link to a YouTube uh, video, they might click on it and watch it. Uh, in most cases, this person hangs out on CNN.com, Yahoo.com, they watch the major news sites, they don't typically read blogs, and it's very mainstream. In other words, they're consuming typically what we would consider old school media or old era media that's now online. These are brands they're familiar with. So they're not going to connect, they're not going to share, they're just very passively consuming websites and core media portals. Now, reactively engaged are a little different. Our reactively engaged are people who will use feed readers, they'll pull blogs in, they'll read blogs, 
They'll watch videos. They'll even get on Facebook and fill out a profile. They'll add a few friends, but they won't get too personal. They're not highly into dialogue or conversation, but they are there consuming. There's a whole bunch of people like this that we can connect with utilizing social media tools like blogging, uh, Facebook groups, Twitter, and whatnot. But don't expect this to be the individuals that are going to let us know a lot about our demographic or communicate with us as a brand leader. So this is an important demographic, but they're not highly active and they're not connectors. The third demographic are the proactively engaged that we define. Actually, demographic's the wrong term, but the third type of consumer are proactively engaged. This is a person who finds something they like and they share it with their friends. This is the individual who passes on a great Twitter post. This is the individual who sees a blog post or sees a, a, a Facebook entry and they comment or they favorite it or they go into a social bookmarking site like Dig or StumbleUpon and they say, hey, this is a great site. Now, this individual is still just a consumer. They're, creating con- they're not creating content. They're not provoking new thought. They're simply consuming and sharing information and they're highly networked and they're communicative with other people in the social media space. These people, to a large degree online, are the ones who brand us. It's their conversations and their opinions about our brands and their responses to us that begin to create a picture of who we are online. So they're powerful, but yet these aren't typically people who monetize social media. The next group, and the most important group in my opinion, to focus on if you're an individual who wants to really monetize your social media efforts, is the thought leader. The thought leader is a little different than what people will call creators. So the creators create content, but that doesn't mean they're always a thought leader. If I whack you in the head with a skateboard and we videotape it and put it up on YouTube, that might be interesting. It might get a lot of views, but it's not going to help you a lot unless you're specifically marketing skateboards or maybe helmets, for instance. So thought leaders are individuals who create unique content, who galvanize the crowd around them, and really begin to build a brand through a distinct message. In other words, within all the noise, they are the single, the signal, excuse me. And so when we look at this, our goal as individuals who are monetizing and integrating social media into our marketing process is to think like a thought leader. Think about how to create that distinct voice. So a lot of it has to come through content creation, but it's value-added, unique content creation that's framed with a purpose. So I want to talk about that a bit more in detail. How do we do that? So here are seven steps to strategic engagement and implementing your sales process, uh, your social media process, into your sales and marketing strategy. So the first step I talked about a bit earlier is, number one, identify your goal. So the key factor is what is your goal and how are you going to measure results? Is it going to be engagement levels? Is it going to be revenues? Is it going to be clicks? Is it going to be the number of people you can get out to a function or an event that you've met online or connected to online? What is that goal? Number two, identify your target audience. And I'll go into this in a bit more depth in a second here. But who is your core target audience or audiences? Today, uh, Jay Levinson talks about this in his speeches on guerrilla marketing. He talks about the fact that gorillas don't broadcast. They don't even niche cast, but they nanocast to specific individuals or small groups of individuals with really some unique needs with messages that are customized to those groups. So the more you can aggregate and drill down to multiple audiences 
and really develop unique campaigns for them, the more effective your social media is going to be. Third, pick the right platforms. What are you using? Blogging, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Ning, all these things, they all have a purpose. And so the key is, are we going to pick, what are the correct platforms we can pick? Number four is map out social etiquette. So what is the social etiquette of your demographic? What is the social media etiquette of the platform you're using? And I'll talk a bit about this in a bit more detail in a second. Number five is implement listening and engagement strategy. So this is the next key step. It's interesting how I haven't said, okay, now start broadcasting. Start broadcasting specials. Start getting involved in conversations. I think the key factor is we first need to listen. 90% of social media is about listening and then connecting and delivering the message at the right time to the right people. Number six is identify core pains. In sales and marketing, our goal is to solve pains. We can't be selling our solution like a pet rock or a chia pet online, a nice to have but no real purpose. We need to sell our solutions and market our solutions as pills to people's pains. And then number seven is uniquely communicate pills, these solutions, mixing marketing and community. In other words, writing blog posts, doing podcasts, contributing in ways that solve or communicate the fact that you can solve and provide pills to their core pains. So those are your seven steps. I'll review these at the end here, but I'm going to just share some thoughts on some of these key steps. Your goal. I'll go back to what Jay Levinson talks about. A guerrilla marketer measures profit, not visitors, friends, or impressions. So I think at the end of the day, yes, our goal is to build big communities and social media to connect to people and add value, but our long end game has to be focused on monetizing. Sales is a contact sport. So our goal is to get into contact with people. Yes, we're creating great content, but do we have ways to engage, connect, develop dialogue, and move people offline into our office, to events, or online to where they can do business or have commerce with us? And the thing to remember here, though, and this is where too many people are in a rush for the revenues. It is an investment in reputation and trust, so it is going to take time. So our target audience, here's some thoughts. Number one, use multiple criteria. Don't just say people who live in New York. You want to look at people who live in New York within a certain age group, who drive certain types of cars, or have certain careers, and also like the following sports team. Now why I share this is that the more we can drill down, the better we're going to be able to niche cast and nano cast to these groups. And more importantly, in my opinion, is your target audience has to be other thought leaders who've got influence over large groups of people and people who are connectors. Those are the proactively engaged participants. So that's some of the things that I would think are going to really help from targeting perspective. Now, what platform? We talked about picking a platform. Well, using an analogy, of course, being a Canadian and being a big Wayne Gretzky fan growing up, one of my favorite things that Wayne Gretzky always talked about was that as the other players were chasing the puck around the ice in hockey, he was determining where the puck was going to be. He'd be at the end waiting for it. He'd know where people were going to miss or drop or pass. And that's what made him one of the most successful hockey players of all time, is he predicted where the puck was going to be. So when we look at what social media platforms we're using, whether it's Meetup or YouTube or LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook or blogging or Ning, when we look at these tools, the question is not where your target market is today. That's easy. That's historical. 
But where do we feel from an educated perspective they're going to be three, six, nine months from now? Those are the platforms and tools you want to invest in, develop expertise in using in, so that when those masses move in, you can dominate over your competitors. Let's talk about social etiquette. I'm just going to roll through these really quick. I know this is a bit of a long podcast, but here we go. Number one, Twitter. Here's a social etiquette in Twitter. It's about engagement, value, and listening. People want to know you're listening. It's about adding value, not just marketing messages. And it's about getting into dialogue. It's asking questions and it's answering questions. The social etiquette around LinkedIn is pretty simple. Trusted networks connecting with trusted networks. It's not about having a Facebook race and adding as many friends as possible. It's actually about connecting with people with great networks with your great network. It's about credibility. Blogs. Blogs are bi-directional, personal, and non-pitching. In other words, if you're going to utilize blogging, realize your comments need to be open. Realize it's not a press release. It's a personal conversation when you blog. And the less you promote your company and the more you, again, provide pills to people's pains and blog about things that are going to help your target market, it's going to be effective. Facebook. Well, I don't know. There's not a lot of social etiquette in Facebook. It's basically frat party meets family reunion, uh, in my opinion. But... If you're engaging your target market on there, think about the offline social etiquette of your target market. Meetup.com is pretty simple. Whoever hosts the meeting typically sets the tone for the behavior. My suggestion is to show up, observe, and then engage. So consider your industry, the age, the culture, and the geographic uh, a geography of your demographic you're focusing on. Why this is important is this is going to really determine how you engage and what's appropriate as far as dialogue. So, you know what, here's the consensus, no matter what platform we're on for social media, is we want to follow people first, listen to what they have to say, observe the behavior of the thought leaders, and then take action. So, as far as listening, I'm not going to go too far into it, but just some of the listening tools you can utilize are search.twitter.com and tools like Google Alerts to listen to what people are saying about your clients, about your brand, and about your industry. So, when I talk about core pains to a pill... Some of the things I think about is if I was a IT company providing backup, I would talk about blogging, not just about data storage for small business, but about how to prevent data loss for small business. If I was selling green building tools, I might talk about green building on a budget for general contractors. If I was talking to sales professionals, I'm going to blog, podcast, or write things about selling without cold calling. If I'm, for instance, uh, owning a fitness club, I'm going to talk about summer weight loss strategy, a painless summer weight loss strategy. These are very sales basics, but again, these are the kind of things that people Google for. These are the kind of topics and headlines they click through on. And so let's just sort of wrap this up a bit, is that part of integration is making it part of your daily activities. So start pulling in listening feeds, engage, lead and contribute, And make it real at least once a week. In other words, a part of integrating social media into your sales and marketing process is once a week, grab someone, take them out for a coffee. Once a week, actually connect with someone on the telephone, just not just on Twitter. Once a week, show up at a major event and invite some of the people that you are connected with online locally to come out and meet with you in person. But the key is to begin to take some of those offline relationships or online relationships you've been nurturing and pull them offline. Now, just to summarize this again, these seven points are number one, identify your goal. What is your core goal? Is it clicks? Is it revenues? Is it how many people you can get into a function or into your showroom? Number two, identify your target audience and also your target 
thought leaders and connectors. Number three, pick the right platforms for today and tomorrow. Number four, map out the social etiquette and social media etiquette of both the platform and your target market. Number five, make sure you've implemented a listening and engagement strategy and every morning invest 10 or 15 minutes into seeing what the world is saying about your brand, what they're talking about as far as their core pains are, and think about how you can get involved in that dialogue. Number six, identify their core pains, which again, is probably gonna happen through the listening strategy. And number seven, communicate those core pains uniquely, mixing marketing and community. So those are my seven points to integrating social media into your sales process. And I will get into a 12-point strategy for developing a social media calendar in the next few days. These tips on integrating social media into your sales and marketing process came directly from Stephen Jagger and my book, Sociable. If you want to learn more about the book or to pre-register for advanced copies and also free downloads and as well as our book tour information, you can visit sociablebook.com. That's sociablebook.com to register.